Yeah, this Bad has a lot type. of um, secondhand-looking famous. Uh, it has like TV versions of of famous movie actors, <laughs> like Ian McShane is kind of TV Pacino. Christopher Egan, who plays David, it kind of resembles Matt Damon. We have Dylan Baker, who kind of resembles William H. Macy. They got a lot of, like, lookalikes. That's very, that's just, when I see someone, uh, that's just the connection I make. It really has, it's not to take away from them as actors, but. This yeah, is just, just like I don't know if that was maybe that's just something I noticed, but I don't know if there was like we want this, you know, all the the TV, the top TV guys <laughs> that look like top movie guys. Do you know what uncancelled means? Have you ever thought about what happened to those TV shows that were advertised every single week? until their plug was ultimately pulled? Well, we have. Welcome to the show that's bringing Dead TV back from the grave. We review pilot and finale episodes of television series that disappeared as quickly as they debuted. Maybe we will like the show enough to want to bring life back into its corpse, or maybe it's better left dead. Will we leave it in the trash, or will we give it a second pass? Either way, this is Uncancelled, giving trash TV the chance it never deserved. Quick pause for station identification. Not satisfied? Head on over to Uncancelled on Patreon. For prices as low as $2.99 a month, you'll get early access to each and every episode this season, as well as outtakes and bonus content. That's patreon.com slash uncancelled. Uncancelled, it's a crime! Ain't no more gonna die! And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Buongiorno, and welcome back to another episode of Uncancelled. Uh, this time, reviewing the TV series Kings from 2009, a modern-day alternate reality drama about a hero who rises to become the king of his nation based on the biblical story of King David. Our guest today is... Sir, from My Movie Mix My Movie Fix Podcast. How you doing? It is me, sir. Glad to be on. You're on my episode. uh, I'm sorry, you're on my my show, but probably was about four months ago now, something like that. So glad I could hop on here, repay the favor, and get my fix talking about TV. Yeah, talking about canceled TV shows. We, I, (laughs) we reviewed Pig as a quick aside. Mm. And I, thinking about this, I'm surprised Nick Cage doesn't have a few canceled TV pilots, especially over the last really 15 at, at years. Movies that don't stick. He didn't have time for TV that doesn't stick. Yeah, he didn't have time for that. He had to keep doing run of the mill, straight to DVD, straight to DVR, straight to streaming. 
movies. Thank you for that, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Kings. Basically, that modern take of David versus Goliath. You got, uh, what's his name? TV Pacino. I've seen him everywhere. He's in, he's in the John Wick series. Ian McShane. He's in, isn't he from Deadwood? He's in Deadwood, isn't he? Yes. Yes. And Christopher Egan, who looks like TV Matt Damon, <laughs> uh, plays David Shepard. And you have not heard of anyone else here. Oh, I have. I'm very familiar with a lot of people in this cast. So, yeah, yeah I did recognize faces, but I don't know names. You got Dylan Baker and Sebastian yeah. Stan. Yeah, it's probably the biggest name or the biggest, you know, star following this is Sebastian Stan, who goes on to be, um, uh, what's the, you know, Marvel with the with the hand. I forgot his name. Um, Goodness gracious! Um, from from the uh, the Iron Fist. No, the um, oh my goodness! Well, but the Winter Soldier. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's yes, he's the yes, yeah he's yes. the Winter Soldier in Marvel. So yeah, he's probably yes, the most familiar right. name from us. But I mean, yeah, there's I recognize like a whole lot of faces in this cast. I was I was like Macaulay Culkin. I mean, he's he's oh, like yes, he's got a real chunk. In, you know, he's got a real real solid role in here. So it's like. Uh, I like I said, um, I had pretty much heard nothing about this TV show. Didn't remember it. Didn't you know? It's not one of those things I saw on TV. It just never kind of stuck to. I just really didn't know this existed. You know, so I don't know where it went. But so I picked this from the list uh, because it just you know seemed kind of interesting. And uh, on that list, you had the writer did seem kind of saying it was pretty decent show. And you know, I'm a I'm a Christian. And it was like the story of David. So I was like, you know what this. Why not? If we got to pick something, let's pick this. And I, I really dug it. Like I said, I was throughout watching it. I was like, oh my gosh, he's in this. That guy's in this. Guy, you know, it's like so many familiar faces. So yeah, it was it was, it was a nice little surprise for me. I, I dug it. Yeah, right on. That's cool. Yeah, this is uh, a lot to get through. Hmm. Um, what like four hours roughly between the. It was a two-hour premiere and then an hour and a half finale, I think. Yeah, it was, I think the first so, episode was like supposed to be like a two-parter. The first part, um, the first episodes. Yeah, this it's a lot of TV. It's a lot to get through. There's a lot happening, and let's just get right into it. On IMDb, this is rated an eight point two out of ten overall by. Eight point four thousand people. What would you rate it out of ten? Out of ten, um, nine point four. Nine point four. Yeah, I really dug this. Wow, I gave it a seven. I this is my second time that I saw the pilot episode. Mm. Originally, someone else picked this, and then they dropped it when they realized the amount of <laughs> that they would have to consume. First episode. Let's get into the pilot. Okay. Pilot is a lot to get through. I'm going to give it 
if you, I'll give it a quick rundown of what I think are key points, and then I'll give it to you. It's like futuristic. There's an alternate reality. I mean, they're still dealing with humans, but it definitely seems almost there's sort of a Terminator element, like Rise of the Machines. Uh, certainly, David vs. Goliath. Goliath is a, is a tank or a tank distributor, a series of tanks. And these two worlds are at war. These two places, these two kingdoms. Anyways, David manages to blow up a tank, and then he gets labeled a war hero and gets a night of celebration at the capital, the, the ca- I guess the modern castle. Um, and then he meets the king's daughter, and they kind of have a bit of a, th- uh, a romance starting. And then he gets up the next morning, and he's set to return to his... Uh, barracks, his base, his unit. And the king says, no, no, no. You've been promoted to captain and you're staying here. You've been moved. The king's son, he's a fuck up and the king hides from the public. He kind of keeps everything out of the press about his family. It all comes to him first and he vets it. And I guess there's also... There's a scene where the wife is with the press and she's like, I had nothing from the press. And so they kind of give the press, they control the press by giving them what they want. Like they give them so much and it also allows them to withhold so much. It's kind of a give and take and they have, that was interesting to me. David and the king's daughter are falling in love, and the king seems to be playing political chess with the lives of his family. The king sets up David to surrender and cause an end to the war as both sides agree to peace. And the last scene we see is the king's brother, who is now upset that the king has caused the war to end due to his own selfish reasons. And the king's son, who the king shunned, as I said, now the brother and the son are in a car together making plans to take over rule uh overthrow the king i th- it's a lot to take in i'm sure i missed a bunch <laughs> uh there's a lot going on you're more familiar with um being a a religious man you're probably more familiar with the origin story and this connected with you more. So what did you think? What, what did yeah, I miss? So, um, I, 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 I don't want to interrupt. I just kind of let you go, but I, I disagreed with your interpretation of most of that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I didn't, I didn't get the, the Terminator. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. Like, uh, I didn't see that at all. And basically it's a, it's a, uh, more or less a modern retelling of that type of story. Um, which is confusing because they're, they're they do speak about the Bible in here, so it's like what what Bible do they have? What chunks are missing? If you know this is just a I don't know. It's it, it basically I don't know the, the very broad strokes kind of a retelling of um, the story of David. You know everybody knows the David versus Goliath part, but there's a lot more to it. And I'm honestly I'm unfamiliar with most of it myself, but this is like 
the very beginning of that story. And again, it's, you know, taking um, uh, fictional, you know, uh, whatever interpretations or whatever. So, but there's a bit of a whimsical. Yeah, uh, but fairy tale. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's nothing magical about it or, you know, I wouldn't. I, I didn't see that in it, and no, go, go, yeah, in the in the Bible, Goliath is just like a super huge, you know, um, enemy, and David takes him out with a uh, with a rock. And in this in this uh, retelling, Goliath is just what they named their tanks. It's just they're just huge tanks, you know. And since these huge tanks were invented, none of the basically. They're just killing machines. You know, none of the uh, regular army guys can get across the field because, you know, they got big tanks to shoot them down every time they move. But basically, uh, David just kind of kept an eye out and kind of knew that they always shoot right after, you know, the people get swapped out or they get a meal or whatever, you know. So he just kind of timed it, watching for that. And uh, the king's uh, son was in in the military and got kidnapped. So David rescued him by just paying attention to the tanks. And like I said, it's real down to earth type stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see too much, you know, other worldliness of it, but yeah, it's just political no, intrigue. The, and It's like right. a romanticization kind of. There's yeah, a, I can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, yeah. It's very like daytime. It's almost daytime soap opera elements. To yeah, it. I, I, I could see that. Yeah, so but yeah, it's it's like I said, just the um, the politics of it and the kind of what's gonna happen, and you, you know, David is you know touched and blessed, so you know he's gonna, you know, just it's just it's just very intriguing watching him be just a a good good guy and being faced with you know moral uh, questions or issues and seeing what he does. I don't know. I just. I, re- I really dug it. Basically, yeah, story, yeah, storyline kind of just kind of as you outlined it, but you know, he um go he becomes a war hero, you know, because he he saved the king's son, you know, basically de- defeated Goliath the tank by um, hitting it with a bazooka, you know. So that's how yeah. that's how he well, bazooka versus a tank, you know, still. Yeah, you know, I you guess said, that's a modern said version a of a rock versus the original. Yeah. This is a rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see what she did there. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, he but he, he he's a soldier at heart. His dad, you know, died in the war, you know, so he becomes a war hero and he's kind of pushing back against it because he doesn't really, you know, I'm just I'd rather be out there fighting with my brothers and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Small but, town, loyal, yeah. loyal, fun boy kind of. He gets pushed into the spotlight and just because he is who he is and his his fame grows and you know, the story is just kind of about that, how the king has a um, person that he, you know, he, he he took in and brought to the spotlight because he was a hero. But it's like the people grew lo- grew to love him so much that the king felt threatened. It's like, OK, well, hold on. I can't you know, if you get too loved and too popular, the people are going to want to replace me with you. So it's like there's there's that level to it. So I don't know. I just. Yeah. Uh, I dug the first episode. I thought it was really long. I felt like it could have, I felt like it was a bunch of little smaller, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, vignettes or whatever, kind of spliced together. And like yeah. I said, it was, it was, uh, the episode was good, hour and a half long, and that's no commercial. So, like, I can imagine how long it was watching it on TV. But 
It probably yeah, didn't help too good much. Half but, hour yeah. of commercials in there. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the vignettes. I I thought this was gonna end. I think it was within the last half hour. There were about four false yeah. endings, cliffhangers, blackouts. Yeah. Like extended like blackouts. Um, <laughs> lo- feel like you were watching Lord of the Rings, where it's like you think you're. It's about to end. It's it's at a good, you know. Uh, quote unquote, like a, like a scene where you could end the movie and then it just keeps going. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, I was not yeah. in favor of that. I get. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think the I don't I don't know if they planned it to be the super long episode. Maybe they just you know they wanted to the producers whoever wanted to make it that way just to kind of thinking they would hook people. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with that strategy. But again, I, I liked it for what it was. Yeah, I think from what I understand, this was split into two parts. Yeah. And it went, I'm going to guess it premiered over two nights, an hour apiece. Uh, it no might idea. have been two hours. I, I'm not sure. I believe it was on ABC. Yeah, I. this was a lot to take in. This was... Um, yeah, so what are you <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I I saw it twice and I connected with some of it and uh, uh, the the false endings where it just kept going uh, took me a bit out of it and I f- it confused me a little bit because I felt like it was a good spot to end and then it kicked back in and it was going to some uh, completely different uh, scene, like a completely different setting. And it, it kind of took away from the uh, climacticism. And it felt, uh, it felt like it, one of those wrestling matches where they keep getting like two and three quarter counts. And then it's like, okay, this is it. He just fin- hit his finishing move, and it's two and three quarters. And then he hits his finishing move again, and then it's two and three quarters. And then the other guy hits the finishing move, and it's two and three quarters. And it's like, okay, when is this going to end? <laughs> yeah. He had a couple good opportunities there, and he just kept going. And uh, yeah, I got to agree with you there. I. Uh, I'm assuming you're saying you weren't necessarily in favor of those multiple uh, chances to end. Yeah, I mean, actually, it, it felt um, felt long, but at the end of it, the the way the first episode ended, um, I really, I really dug it. And so it kind of it made everything kind of work for me. You know, like I said, it felt it felt like it it ended three or four times, but that fourth ending was really good. So I was like, I gave it a pass. Yeah, I. That's fair enough. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. I I enjoyed the actual ending. I thought it ended good. I was just kind of yeah, jaded from all the other times that I thought it was going to be. Uh I gave it a like a, a low 7. A low 7 for me. What are you what are you thinking? First episode when I when I initially wrote it down I wrote down ten but just because of how long it is I, I'm bumping it down to a nine but I still overall it was a pretty solid intro 
to what the, um, the TV show is. So I'm, I'm giving it a nine. It certainly depends on your mood and if it catches you the right way. And then you yeah. have this very, you know, this hour and a half intro to this show. It, if it catches you at the right time, it certainly can be very pleasing and, and very entertaining. So it sounds like it got that for you. And that's, that's a good Indeed. thing. As far as the last episode. Last episode. We got another two-parter. I think it was another hour and a half, roughly. I'm honestly not sure. I am not sure. It was two parts, I can tell you that. Yeah. uh, It was... Yeah, it was... An hour apiece. No, sorry. The the uh, 43 minutes and 43 minutes and the other one is an hour. So, yeah, it was an hour and 43 minutes. <laughs> a See, lot I just kind of, of television. Uh, yeah, I just I just kind of pressed play and kind of sat down and watched it. I, it didn't. I, it didn't feel like a slog to me, so I put it like that. I didn't. I wouldn't watch the clock. I was just kind of enjoying the show. Yeah, the fair enough. If you can absolutely do that, uh, I always love when that happens, where you just enjoy the show. I had this. This might have slightly affected my uh, feelings, but I don't think overall that much. Is that uh, I found this on the Android box I have. But it only played the first part of the finale, and I had to go and find the second part on the internet. Mm-hmm. So it was there was a bit like a five minute pause in between, and I had to like reconfigure my setup. So it took me out of it a little bit. Gotcha. But uh, the new king, part one and part two. Part one. As David awaits execution, William Cross launches his coup attempt. And part two, Silas miraculously recovering from his wounds. By the way, the king, uh, there's this whole ploy of the king to get shot as got touched on in the first episode where the brother, the king's brother, I guess it's not the king's actual brother, but he made him his brother. That's what I understood. They're not actually biological. Yeah, he um he married his sister, so his brother-in-law. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so the king is shot and he recovers uh by David finding him. Uh Silas, King Silas finally reconciles with God, but doesn't like what God has to say, and the conflict continues. Okay, so... Yeah, I preferred part one. I thought part one was... really good. I I enjoyed it more than the... both parts of the pilot... And the second half of of this, uh, I thought it was 
Yeah, I thought the, you know, the sequence where I thought for sure I was. I didn't know how I was like, they're not going to kill David, but then it got really close there. Yeah, I was like, oh, they might like, how is he getting out of this? Who's coming to his rescue? Who? And then the part that confused me a little bit is, is that the son saved David by having the firing squad killed by a yeah. bunch of assassins. And then yeah. he turns on David immediately after? What what exactly happened there? I didn't, I, that kind of confused me there. It was like a double turn. Um... He turned on him when, like, when he, when David gets rescued from the firing squad and he gets put back to the capital, and at this point the king has been shot and presumed dead, and the son walks in as the new king and. Uh, with his broken arm and hugs David and he's like so it was you and he's like yeah from this point forward we're friends Mm -hmm. and then so they went in and they went to make a press conference or a board meeting with their cabinet and then the brother uh, says our new king has been through a traumatic event, just seeing his father shot and killed, and he's been shot himself, so I will be taking over in his place for the time being, which was his Mm -hmm. plan all along. And then the son kind of takes his side again. Like he... He, I didn't. I didn't read it that way. Basically, that's what I got. Yeah, the brother, brother, basically, kind of took over and took power. You know. Um, Yeah, it seemed like he was going to be on friendly, and then he kind of, you know, turned on his family. So that's that's what I got. That like when he hugged David, and he was like, "Everything's. I'm going to get peace," and then he chose war. That's what I, that's the way I well, interpreted I, in, it. In, in that scene, he said, no, I want peace. I, I, I don't want war. And then the brother, um, you know, the, the King's brother that we were talking about earlier, he basically took over, held, held everybody at gunpoint and said he was taking over, you know? So I didn't, I didn't. And then at that point, David snuck out. So I don't, I didn't see him as betraying David at all. I just, you know, he just, wanted that power so the power okay. eventually corrupted that, him but i wouldn't that explains that i yeah. suppose yeah it kind of I, I guess i missed that that confused me i yeah. didn't understand that i was because he was when the daughter got up mm-hmm. and then he was like i'll shoot you if you don't sit down well not i'll shoot you i'll have you shot yeah, kind of yeah. At that, at that point, he he just wanted to be king so bad. He had leaned into the role, and she basically called his bluff. Like, hey, because he was like, "I'm I'm gonna be this guy now. I'm you know I'm Billy Badass or whatever. You know, I'm 
if you stand up against me, you're going to die. I'm definitely going to be king. I've wanted this so long. It's finally my time. I'm going to be king. And she stood up against him. And basically, instead instead of being the guy he was pretending to be, he just sent her away, you know, because he wasn't really ready to be that guy. But, I mean, yeah, he just, he failed to the want of, of being king to that power, even though the, the, the brother-in-law pretty much, you know, he, he proved that he was really going to be the puppet master in control. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the brother wanted to be king, you know, we got to start using these names. (laughs) It's name was, uh, the heck was his name? Yeah. The Sebastian Sands character. He's Jack. And then the brother is, um, William, William Cross. Jack, yeah. yes, Jack. Jack, brothers, Benjamin, Cross. and William Cross is the brother. Yep. Played by Dylan Baker, who's a familiar face, yeah. Yep, he always kind of, kind of plays like a smarmy, you know, Yeah, this bad has a lot type. of um, secondhand-looking famous... Uh, it has, like, TV versions of, of famous movie actors, <laughs> Like Ian McShane is kind of TV Pacino. Christopher Egan, who plays David, it kind of resembles Matt Damon. We have Dylan Baker, who kind of resembles William H. Macy. They got a lot of like lookalikes. That's very, that's just, uh, when I see someone, uh, that's just the connection I make. It really has, it's not to take away from them as actors, but this is just like, I don't know if that was, maybe that's just something I noticed, but I don't know if there was like, we want this, you know, all the the TV, the top TV guys (laughs) that look like top movie guys. Uh, He's a pretty good character actor. He was in all the John Wicks. Um, He was Ray Donovan, uh, Deadwood. Yes, he was Ray Donovan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, he's very, he's a very good, uh, I've seen him in a bunch of things. He's he's solid. He's solid. TV Pacino, solid. (laughs) Yeah. He gets out that he gives off that, yeah. He he fits the role well. He gives off the uh, the uh, he's got a sort of uh, bravado to him. He's got a, a a Shakespearean quality, a theater actor quality to him. He's got a good he he's got screen magnetism. He yeah. commands the commands the screen he really he's a, he was a very good choice for this yeah he, he I, works I as really, king that's very he's very believable as king yeah he was absolutely believable as king and he never he never does what's he never says or reacts the way you expect like he's very i guess professional he's very king like he he doesn't necessarily say he doesn't speak out of line i guess he always speaks from like an authoritative place he never comes from uh, a point of weakness i i guess he I, I, there were a couple scenes where yeah i was expecting him to 
kind of lose it and and then he he does sort of lose it but it's like a weird it's like this intense fierceness without getting overly emotional and he yeah because really, this is definitely david's story this is david's show I mean, the whole, the whole show is about kind of how he becomes king. But I mean, while you're watching it, you do really see the the both sides of it. You're even though, you know, David is, is eventually going to be king. You do end up rooting for King Silas just a little bit. So he, he he's really good in this role. Yeah. Yeah. That's a definite good point. You absolutely root for him, even though he. I, yeah, I guess he means well overall. There's some questionable. Uh, things, but I guess he's just looking out for the best interest of of things, the best interest overall. Uh, speaking of best interest, your better episode overall. Better episode, probably the pilot episode one. Um, I it's it's hard wrapping up something like this because. You're trying to lead it to season two and and beyond, you know, so it's just it's not a it's not a perfect wrap up, you know, and you can kind of feel the seams and I did have issues with the the final episode. So I think overall I dug the the pilot better than the uh, the final episode. But I mean, both were both were solid. I put it like that. Neither one I just completely disliked. Yeah. OK. Yeah. For me, it was. I'm flip-flopping from you. I'm saying the finale. Mostly just the part one. uh, Right to the point of... um, Probably... Up until the king... uh, Returns, King Silas. Probably when you find out he's alive. I mean, that's also... That is a good scene, and when he returns and he kind of retakes control, and there's stuff that happens after that, certainly. But I felt like everything up to that point was really there was a lot going on. There was some high uh, drama, some some powerful stuff. You know, the king gets shot. You think he's dead. The son's about to become king. You know, David is in jail and he's about to be shot to death, but you know he becomes king, so you're like, how does he get out of this? And there's all sorts of, uh, I guess, mis... It's uh, a word I'm looking for, like, mismaneuvers. There's a lot of... Uh, it takes it one direction to take it another direction that you don't necessarily see coming. Misdirection? In. Misdirection, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Brain fart. Uh, yeah, miss. There's a lot of. I felt there was a lot of misdirection in that. There is. It was well timed. It was. It had me uh, glued to the TV. I, I felt that was the strongest. Uh, probably forty odd minutes right there. It was highly compelling for me. There were some good scenes in the pilot and uh, certainly in the finale after that happened. And in the pilot, you know, you have 
uh, a lot of good stuff happening. Uh, the so in the finale, the Reverend is he because he gets shot and killed, and then he's back to tell David to go to uh, Goth or Gaith. Sorry, yeah. so. He comes back. Is he? He's. In, uh, yeah, I like saw a that spiritual? as a, I don't know, an angel, a, a messenger, or what have you. He, I don't. I think he, um, like if this, if that were to have a season two, they would have shown him to be dead. You know, so I just, I didn't think that was really him. Obviously, but, you know, he just suddenly magically appearing in the king's chamber, and then magically disappearing, and then again, we we saw him getting shot for a reason. So. You know, yeah. they, they, it's definitely showing him being a spirit, kind of giving the message to David that he needed to hear. You got to go to Gaith. You got to you have to go alone. It's like you'll be protected. You know, you know, God will watch over you kind of thing. It's like it's because all throughout the show, you've watched the um, the reverend. Be, he's very spiritual, very he's a he's a prophet, you know, he you know, but he's he's also conflicted. He's also a man that has his own desires. But at the end, you see him be very confident, very, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a message from the Lord. So, and that's after you see him get killed, you know, and you saw him pray for, let me, um, you know, let my, let my, today may let, if today's going to be my last day, at least let me see this through, you know, so you see him die, but you also get to see him deliver the messages that need to be delivered. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, I guess if, if you're talking about otherworldliness, I think you can lay it on that, but I definitely think he's, he's more of a, I don't think this was a you know sci-fi element. I think he's a um, you know a messenger, an, an angel, a, a a what have you from God. Yeah, it does list this as uh, sci-fi, so there's yeah. some science science fiction elements to it. Uh, I did get the vibe in the opening scene if we go back to the pilot, and he pulls in with the car. I got there was sort of. He got the idea that he was something otherworldly. There's something special about him. There's something, yeah. There's something off about him, almost like not in a bad way, but yeah. Even going back to right off the bat, it's like this guy sticks out. Is you're not quite sure what what. But yeah, yeah, going to that, yeah, I guess that that would sum it up. He's some sort of he's there, but he's not there. Maybe, yeah. He, well, yeah, you see him die, so I guess he he was there, but I don't know. That's yeah, I didn't. Uh, there's there, yeah, there are parts that just uh, I guess kind of just didn't. I didn't get. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't I can know. understand that. Yeah. Um, now, the best scene. Best scene. Uh, though, for me, is, I'd have to say, either David blowing up the tank or that highly, highly emotional where he his brother is dying and he basically 
it watches his brother die in the, the army medical tent. And then he's going and he goes in the middle of the battlefield, basically right into enemy lines, just holding his brother's, you know, bed sheet that he's now died in that's like covered in blood and dirt and all sorts of stuff. And he makes that impactful speech and highly emotional and surrender, which leads to peace. Those were two scenes that absolutely stuck out to me. And I would put them probably the surrender scene. I would put at the best scene of both episodes that I saw. Yes, it was powerful because he, he wasn't asking him to surrender. He was asking him just to to speak to me, just come out here, talk to me like a human. Show me that you're not just mindless people pushing buttons or, you know, we're, we're not just robots shooting at each other. Let's remind, you know, let's be reminded that you're a person that goes home to a family and I have a family as well. My, my brother's blood is on this. He was he was perfectly ready to die. You know, he's, he was going out there to be a hero he was going out there because like he broke you know his spirit broke and yeah i guess know, so I just, just like a, yeah. yeah i guess i associated the the bed sheet with like a white flag kind yeah. of and there was sort of where it, that signifies surrender and then yeah yeah but yeah that was highly emotional and you're right yeah he he was just his spirit was broken and he was just like whatever at that point he didn't care he just yeah was so desperate That's the way I read for it. yeah connection on it <laughs> yeah, so my, uh, uh, yeah your my, best scene yeah. yeah my favorite scene was actually the very last scene of that pilot episode the butterfly um basically oh, yeah. king king silas started off the episode uh well his, his introduction or whatever was him giving a speech about how you know when god spoke to him and he knew he would be king butterflies came from the sky and flew around his head and basically made a crown on his head and that's how he knew and it was you know it's a very powerful kingly speech when you hear it the first time and then it's brought up again um, later on in the episode when he gives the same exact speech at like a dinner party or whatever. So it's like, oh, okay, so it's not just swept up in a moment. This is kind of his thing. This is the speech he gives. And then it's brought up a third time when his son was crying about not being, you know, I'm not the guy you are. I can't give the butterfly speeches. So, you know, it's just, so he brought it up three separate times. So it's kind of just impactful kind of, the butterfly speech is a big part of the King's character. And then at the very end of the episode, uh, David is out there by himself. And um, I think he's um, uh, King Silas has already been told that God is, you know, choosing somebody else as a King. And he looks out the window and that's the same exact moment that David gets the butterflies, you know, they come down uh, for David and the butterflies wrap, you know, make a little crown in his head. And, up to that point, we don't even know if the butterfly story was real with Silas. It may just be something, you know, a speechwriter wrote up just to, you know, make people clap or whatever. But this is really happening with David and King is there to see it. So it a signifies that he is really, you know, blessed or touched or ordained by God or whatever. And B, the fact that King Silas saw that is going to cause friction. So it just it elevated the end of the episode into, OK, 
what is this show going to be, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah. I, mean, I really, that, that really hooked me. I know it just, you know, it's a tad bit cheesy. You know, it's 2009 CGI, so the butterflies didn't exactly look great, but it, it landed on me. It really made me want to, you know, keep watching. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, there was also a, an ad for uh, Merlin. That's another show that was running at the time that was... Mm. Kind of, that is magical and wizardly, and so yeah. There, I guess there was, yeah, there was sort of a whole whimsical vibe going. Not overly in this, but I guess that was a theme of of shows around. Then, yeah. thinking about it, there was a few of them. I think you have like Once Upon a Time was around came out yeah. around then mm-hmm. i think so i don't know there's a lot of, of of that so they could have you know been a selling point of of this one where there was a lot of whimsicalness happening but yeah like you said there's there's it mostly doesn't do that uh the worst scene Worst scene. Uh, for me, the worst scene was at the end. I don't know if it was, you know, um, final episode part one or part two or whatever, but basically um, the um, king's daughter, um, I forgot her name, uh, Michelle. Yes. Like she had uh, betrayed um, David earlier and they weren't getting along and he had like he was done with the the royals and he was just like he, he said he was coming back to put the king on the throne and after that he was leaving so he, the king got back on the throne so david went back to his house to pack his bags and you know michelle just came over like hey i'm sorry i love you and he was like okay cool i love you too and they just started kissing it's like come on man it's like that it's like she she put you through the ringer, and it's like you were. It it should have took more than that to take her back. I did. I really didn't like that. And I felt like it it was only happening because plot reasons, because of where the story went after that, like how they had to split up or whatever. So it's like right. they had to get get back together super quick so that when they split up again, it would mean something. But I didn't like that. It was just like this is just happening for plot reasons. So yeah, but yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I didn't. Cons- I didn't really. Uh, I just kind of took it for what it was, but that is a good yeah. point. Yeah, it was he did? She did abandon him and kind of say goodbye and yeah. whatever. But then there, yeah, I did. I was probably too emotionally invested in the story at that point, so I was like, "Ah, <laughs> you shouldn't take him back." <laughs> but now, what about you? What did you think was your worst scene? Um. Yeah, nothing really jumps out. Um, I just, I honestly just didn't like all those, the endings for the pilot, like how it kept doing that. It just took me out of it. It did. It, it was like, okay, and it's going to end here. And then it didn't end. And it wasn't like, oh, there's more. It was like, oh, there's more. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wasn't. I wasn't too into this. Yeah. Uh, I didn't overly dislike it, 
but just when I thought like uh, it would kind of drag me back in and there would be some good stuff and then I'm go okay here oh okay that's a good ending and then there'd be a blackout and then a pause a black screen for like what seemed like it more than a few seconds like longer than the average one and then it picked back up and it's like to something entirely different and it was like you know it was high and then it would anticlimactic to another scene happening somewhere else it, it yeah. uh it was it wasn't good for when i was on the f- someone like me who was on the fence about this it, it didn't sway me to yeah. uh, giving this a higher rating Okay. I respect um, that. Yeah, I didn't just didn't like it. <laughs> uh the unintentionally hilarious thing. Unintentionally hilarious, aka it's so funny I forgot to laugh. I didn't have anything besides <laughs> besides just this, the the randomness of again the, the cliffhangers. Yeah. endings where he's <laughs> like okay here we go again okay here we go again here we go again it was holy play with my emotions why don't you <laughs> yeah uh did you yeah. have anything that you thought was unintentionally hilarious uh i was thinking about that as well just kind of how i kept you know i kept expecting it in and it just kept going but i think ultimately what i'm landing on is macaulay culkin it's just like his oh, his yeah. character is it's so like he's leaning into the creepy you know so it's like i really would have wished there would have been a season two so i can kind of see where that went but he's just every time he came on screen he's just being the creepiest dude you can he can possibly be yeah, and, there's a sinisterness, know, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's just like I don't I don't know if he's a murderer, if he's like a pedophile, if he's just like a autistic, you know, it's just he's just playing a weird, you know, something's off about this guy, yeah. you know. So every time he's on the screen, I'm just I'm it's like I don't I wish we would have had more of this so we can just kind of see where Macaulay Culkin goes and you know, if he would have got more roles or if this role would have taken off where he could have kind of leaned into it and, you know, cause he just hasn't really, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but you know, he, nothing's really stuck post, you know, uh, home alone, no, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a real grown up role he's been in. Not so. really. No. Yeah. Uh, I think he just got engaged actually in real life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I remember that scene where Michelle helps David escape through the secret passageway and it shows Macaulay Culkin's character, um, who is the brother-in-law's son, the king, I guess, with the, yeah, the newfound, well, no, I guess it wouldn't be that at that point. It would just be back to being the king's brother-in-law is his son and he's around the corner in that scene kind of peering over watching Michelle and David as she helps him sneak through the door and then he and then it goes on and he lies to his father about not knowing where David went so that's the last we see of Macaulay Culkin 
are no, fairly he's certain. No, he's he's at the end too when he uh, basically turns his dad in. Oh, really? Oh, really? yeah. At the like when the king's back on the throne, right? Um, they they um, bring Macaulay Culkin in. It's like he was just waiting in the in the lobby. And he goes, yeah. Uh, he goes, um, the king goes, Where, where's your dad? He goes, oh, he, his plan was to hop on a plane and go to this city and then catch a boat. And, and then he, yeah. they, they send them off to go catch the dad. And he's like, um, so, you know, I just lost a dad. You just lost a son. You know, why don't I be part of the family? You know, so. Ah, so, yeah, he's just playing. Yeah, nice. there's, he's just another one of uh, them playing, they're all kind yeah. of playing political chess with each other yeah there's a bunch of backstabbing happening and i guess yeah the the, the king's son kind of go went against his father and so this is another son going against the father it's a theme that's a theme yeah yeah, yeah. um so i would you watch the rest then? So I've been kind of holding this back, but I did. I watched every episode. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, from I, I I did never after episode one. I'm like I'm not skipping to the end. I need to see where this goes. I just kept watching. I watched it all the way through. I saw every episode. I know the full story, and I think I was talking about um uh the betrayal of the um. Uh, Michelle, I think you you may have not known the full portrayal because you didn't watch that episode. But well, it did. It yeah. does do a, uh, a oh yeah, the recaps at the kind beginning of, a, of the episode encapsulates yeah. the yeah. summary and the beginning of the finale. Yeah, so, so I did so, catch that. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he was on trial for um, treason. His back's up against the wall. They um they basically forged a video saying you know December tenth he was meeting with the with the bad guys and but December tenth he was with Michelle and they you know had pictures to prove it or whatever but she would have had to get on get on the stand going against her father and all that kind of stuff but she's like I'm willing to do it so he's like well I'm gonna bet my life I'm gonna put you on the stand but like right before she goes on the stand she finds out she's pregnant with his baby. And, yeah. you know, the dad really wants to kill David. So it's like if the dad finds the king finds out that she's pregnant with David's baby, he would end up killing the baby. So she's like to protect the child. I can't go on stand and I just have to, you know, distance myself from David to protect this child. So she had a good reason. But even at the end of the show, David doesn't know she's pregnant and she's kind of keeping that. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to it. I, I, like I said, I, I dug kind of. You know, there are layers to the story and stuff happens for reasons and you know i dug it but yeah i watched i watched the whole thing and you know um i thoroughly enjoyed it like it's one of like i'm, I'm not a big tv guy just because tv has too big of a time com- commitment you know right, this is yeah. what you know just just the pilot and the end is what four hours worth of tv and there was 10 episodes in between it so this is what a good 15 hours of tv or something like that you know compared to a movie where it's two hours you're in and you're out you know Two hours later, it was either it was a good movie or it was a bad movie, but you're done. With TV, it's like, you know, if you, even if you got a good season one, that's 15 hours. But what if there's a season two, the three, and a four? And you got to, like, I've never watched The Sopranos because that's what, like, 100 hours of TV. It's like, I just, even if it's yeah, really good, I just, I just don't have the time commitment to watch all of it, you know? So, yeah. So just to say that I, I dug this so much that I, I 
over the course of the last week and a half, I watched the whole first season, so I dug it. Hey, well, right on. Too bad you're not going to get any more. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst part about it. Watching something where you you know definitively you're not getting any more because this came out almost 15 years ago, so they're they're done. It's not coming yeah, back. You're not going to get a season two. So back. it's not coming back. Yeah. yeah, so I guess you would uncancel it then. Uncancelled. Yes. 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 Absolutely. I don't know how you uncancel a movie. I mean, sorry, a TV show that finished 15 years ago. But yes, if, if, if you know, if I had oh, well, the magic powers, I, mean, I would see a season two. I mean, Arrested Development came back. Oh yeah, and true. It you did. had Fuller House. That was that ended in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's bringing possible. back old shows. So yeah, like said, the the story of David goes all the way till he becomes a king, and so it's like him being fifteen years older would be a you know it wouldn't be a bad place to start, you know. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. they could they yeah. could theoretically bring it back. Let's let's will this into existence. You know, I'm you know I know you didn't particularly care for it, but they make no, a, but a I, season two. I'd be two, interested in in the idea of of. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested in the idea of him being king and it not take not taking off where it left off, but just you know, fast forward yeah. fifteen years and let's get uh, let's get where we're at now. Yeah, oh, I'd be down. That would be, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say no, and then you kind of sold me on that idea. I'm like, hey, bring it back. Yeah. 15 years yeah. later, let's go. Just, see just King make David. episode one a one-parter, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can do yeah. the, you know what? Do the two hours. Do, give us the four yeah. hours again, whatever. Just do that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that'll I, be. I'd definitely be up for it. I definitely, like I, said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like I said, I'm glad because I, like I, said, I had zero idea this existed. So I'm glad you you brought this to me because, like I said, it's probably in my top, you know, ten TV shows I've ever watched. And you know, I, oh, I never right would watched it if wow. not for this podcast. So I definitely dig that. Oh, right on! There you go, making, bringing. That's kind of what this has been about. I mean, bringing light to series that, you know. That, are under known under appreciated yeah. under well i guess yeah under known about i wouldn't necessarily say underappreciated i haven't exactly liked um <laughs> i'm closer to the end than i am in the beginning at this point i haven't liked every single one of them but yeah uh i knew about i knew about Rubicon and I can't think of anything else. Oh, Flash Forward is on there. I remember that one. And you watched Firefly? The, I did watch Firefly, but I didn't. I only, this is the first time I saw it was during this uh, series that I've done. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I did that's, know about it. Yeah, that is another one I knew about. So I'd say maybe I knew about four or five, a, a handful, but definitely the majority uh, I really had no idea about. And it's really, I guess, ex- expanded my horizons, certainly. Indeed. And you found 
this show and you, that you had no idea about and you really enjoyed it so much so that you watched the whole thing. Yeah. That's that's cool. That's what it's all about. It's a positive, uh, fun experience. Yeah, uh, indeed. Yeah, thanks any, for having me on. I and guess, thanks for, like I said, giving me the opportunity to watch it. Yeah, I guess if you have any final thoughts on Kings. Um, yeah, I just, it's, it's a bit, um, I don't know. Um, I guess, I guess you're, you're kind of on when you say it's a bit soap opera-y, I guess, yeah. but not, not nearly as soap opera-y as soap operas, you know, no, think of definitely more, not. um, like what's the, um, no, even that's really soap opera. I don't know. Like, like Las Vegas, you know, it's, you know, drama happens, you know, but still it's a good show. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't watch Las Vegas. So like eight people are going to get that reference, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> like I said, it's a, it's a Bible story. So you can watch it on that level. Just like, you know, seeing people have genuine faith and people uh, wrestle with that. And so you can watch, enjoy it on that level, but just as just a, a story, just a TV show, I really dug it. There was a lot of, you know, intrigue and political stuff and backstabbing and, you know, like what's going to happen? How is he going to make it out of it? And again, there, there's like four different episodes where our main character here is faced with a, a difficult decisions. Like, you know, sometimes in life you're going to you're going to be met with actual situations where you got to make a decision like, do I do what's easy? Do I do what's ethically right? Do I do what's best for my family? It's like you get your face with a decision where you can only choose one. And he's he's met with like multiple decisions like that throughout this show. And it's like you kind of just see what he does with it. And, you know, so it's just I really dug it. So it's like if you have the ability to watch this show, I definitely recommend you do. So, yeah, Kings 2009. Yeah, it's. Definitely reminded me, I would tack on to that. Uh, it's like we like we said, obviously, it's a modern telling of a, a classic story, a biblical story, uh, a, a period piece even. Um, so, yeah, if you like kind of the updated versions where they do a modern retelling of classic stories like you got the DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. Mm. You have uh, Cruel Intentions with uh, Ryan Philippi and Reese Witherspoon. And there's a modern Hamlet with Ethan Hawke. They, it sort of reminded me of all of those that kind of came out from, I guess, late 90s, early 2000s. There was a whole slew yeah. of those and this really gave off a similar vibe and if you be, enjoy those be, things you yeah. you should give this a whirl from looking at the wikipedia i think you know they had the dual episodes and then i think they dropped two more on thursday night and then they changed it to a saturday night and then they split half the season to summer so they waited like a couple of months before doing the rest of the seasons and they dropped all those on saturdays and then they canceled it because they couldn't find an audience it was like yeah i mean the the way you're distributing it i'm, I'm not surprised it didn't find an audience because everybody that was interested had to wait like four months for a new episode or whatever. So I'd be really curious, like if you just drop this on Netflix, even today, how would, we, how it would be received, you know, 
I'd be, yeah, if that's people a good can point. just kind of yeah. binge it and burn through it, I think that the reception would be a lot better than just the traditional TV, you know, Tuesday night schedule or whatever. Yeah, well, like we said in the beginning, like I touched on, is that the, the IMDb rating is very high, and it's yeah. rated by uh, something like 8,000 people. So it's not uh, underappreciated by those that, the majority of those that have seen it uh, do not dislike it. <laughs> So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. If it did re-air on just a streaming service, you know, uh, let's see what happens. Oh, I forgot. Let me give a shout out to Brian Cox because we didn't talk about him at all. Yes. But he's in this and he's, yes. you know, he's amazing. He's awesome. Like he's, um, for those who don't know, he's the he's the main guy in Succession now. But he's in like four or five episodes here as in an old king um so it's just it's really it was really dope to see him in here so yeah Yeah, he's in the finale there yeah that was that was a very yeah i really enjoyed his scenes yeah shout out to brian cox the original hannibal put a fork in it it's done so uncancel it's a grub Wait a minute. Throw some Ozanaz in there. What's your hurry? <laughs>